Okay, our Advent reading is Psalms 80, 1 through 7. Please join with me in your um, bulletin for the reading. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubims, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Save us, O Lord our God. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Save us, O Lord our God. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the, with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Save us, O Lord our God. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Save, Save us, us, O Lord, Lord our God. God. Today's Old Testament reading is from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, through you are small among the clans of Judah. Out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose organs are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until a time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely <laughs> for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortress. Um, Today's New Testament reading will be from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 55. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is this child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The word is good, and the word is boom. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. He asked me to do that, so I made a promise. Um, You know, Pastor Greg gave the scripture reading for Luke. And to be honest, I would have never thought of that. But that is an awesome text. So I have to give props to him on that one because I didn't think of that. (laughs) You know, it's the Christmas season. 
I love Christmas. I love everything about it. And one of the things that always delights me so much about Christmas is this church. Whenever the little kids come up here and start singing and the bell practice that they have for months in advance, and yet when we still get up there, we still butcher it. You know, we try, we try. And it's weird to think that I've been doing that for the last 15 years. It's hard to think that. But the most bizarre thing that I think is the fact that I'm actually preaching on Christmas. Because, to be honest, I never thought that that would happen. I mean, I, like everybody else in here, never thought, looking at me 15 years ago, that I would be up here as a pastor, and especially about being six months to graduate to get my license. Uh, That was something that I would have never thought would happen, and yet here I am. It's remarkable how God can use us to fit his purpose and his plan, even if it's not something that we would expect. And today, Pastor Greg has asked me to talk to you about the fulfillment of prophecy and how it relates to our lives and how God used the plan of salvation, the plan of Jesus to fit his purpose for our lives, whether we expect it that way or not. So I invite you to open your Bibles with me. Um, Pastor Greg did say that this was going to be an 8 to 13 minute sermon, so I understand that that means in the pastoral language to be 30 minutes. <laughs> so I'll make sure that we get out of here by 12.30. Just kidding. So I invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at some of the fulfillments of prophecy that happened. So our first one uh, is just Matthew Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It's very straightforward. The record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers. That's really simple because it fulfills a prophecy that was prophesied in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. Uh, I found it interesting because... You know, it's, it's different than what we expect. Because in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, it says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. It's replying that the he in this verse is the Son of Man, and that the nations will obey him. And I find that really interesting because that's what we see when we look at Jesus. Now we see him as somebody that we obey to. If we look in our terms of religion, of any denomination, we all obey one Lord and Savior. And so that's number one of our prophecies. Number two is still in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, and that's verse 21 through 23. In Matthew chapter 21, lots of notes. In Matthew chapter 1, verse uh, 21 through 23, it says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
That goes directly from the text in Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. And that's exactly what it says. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. So again, we have another prophecy that we know that Jesus fulfilled. I mean, God made it happen, gave Mary. And it's interesting because when we look at it, we're like, of course, it's Mary. It's going to be Mary. Because we've heard this so many times. And to us, the more of the phenomenon is that it was a virgin. I mean, I can't think of anybody in this room that can say, I was born of a virgin. You know, because since conception, you're no longer a virgin. So, sorry. None of you fit this category. And our third one is, uh, that we're going to be looking at, is Matthew chapter 2 this time, verses 5 and 6. And this says, In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherds of my people. And that is a prophecy that is prophesied in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which was perfectly read to us today. And it says in Micah 5, 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come to me one who is a perfect ruler of Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. So these are the three prophecies that we're going to be looking at today. And when you look at them by themselves, they are very broad, because Jesus is going to be born of Judah. Well, that's nice. There's a huge line for Judah. If you look, I mean, all of Matthew chapter 1 is just the genealogy down to Jesus. It could have been anybody that's down that line. And that's the same thing with Bethlehem. It could have been any person at any time they could have been taken to Bethlehem to be born there. It could have been anyone at any time. Being born of a virgin, that's a little more complicated. But anyone who is a virgin could have fulfilled this prophecy. But when you look at them together, it all of a sudden becomes a lot more distinct of who has to be this Messiah. Because it has to be in Judah, it has to be Bethlehem, it has to be a virgin, and I can go on because there's 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And so in order to fulfill this, it has to be very specific. But we look at this and we just say, well, Jason, that's nice, this is fulfillment of prophecy, this is something that we hear all the time, oh, little child of Bethlehem, Mary, did you know? You know, this is very common to us. But the more surprising thing is that we have the hindsight of this. We have heard this for years. We know this because it's common. It's ingrained in our heads from when we were little. We sang it in carols. Whether you've been inside the church or not, you know the carols. They're all there. And so how can this be important to us? The hindsight is that they did not know back then who the Messiah was going to be. They did not know what they were getting into with the Messiah. They expected the Messiah to be the one that comes and crushes the Romans to fulfill the prophecies in Daniel. To be that rock that destroys them and saves them. And yet what they're looking for is the exact opposite of what they get. When they're looking for that mighty Savior to come crushing them, they get a humble child in a manger. 
the exact opposite of what they expect, but still what we today still need. You know, when we look at this story, we can see that even though the plan was not what we expected, the purpose of God was what we needed. And that goes to us today. To us, with our own plans, God has a purpose for us as individuals, whether we expect it or not. You know, when we can look at these texts, we can see Jesus' life. We can see what He did as these kids so gloriously showed us how the birth of Jesus came to be and the awesome singing of angels. We see how that went, but that's something that's constantly just in our mind and we don't see that the hindsight behind it, that it's just been ingrained in our mind and that we don't see the purpose that God has for us. Because we look at it and say, oh, of course that happened. Of course that came to be. But we don't see ourselves being in that same situation. That we can't see what's going to happen in our future just like they couldn't see the Messiah that was coming. And so, you know, I can look at this with my own life. Today, like I said, like I would have never thought myself that I was going to be a pastor. I didn't think it. My own parents didn't think it. To be honest, uh, I don't know, whatever. My mom didn't believe that I was going to pass the first quarter of Greek. Uh, she thought that I was going to uh, go home and change my major rather quickly, but somehow I proved her wrong. And so... You know, we may have these plans, we may have these ideas of what we're going to do, but God has a purpose that is greater. And so, if this is why I say Jesus is the greatest present of all. And I can say that not to the fact that it is cliche to say Jesus is the best present of all, but that it is the absolute truth. He is the greatest present of all. Not just because He came to save us. Not just because He came and died. But because He gives us more than just that. He gives us salvation, but He also gives us faith. When we look at these prophecies, we can see the great things that He did. And it can give us hope for ourselves, for our faith and our walk with Christ. We can see that every day by looking into the Scriptures. You know, this is the Christmas season. And it's very important for us, you know, as we look at all of these movies that are out here, these stories, uh, for instance, like The Grinch or Home Alone, where they always say at the beginning, it's all about the presents. It's all about the gifts until they realize later that it's about a little bit more. You know, I love that line from the Grinch. You know, it didn't come in packages, boxes, or bags, but it came just the same. Maybe Christmas, the Grinch thought, means a little bit more. Today, Christmas means a little bit more to all of us because of Jesus Christ. He is that faith. He is that gift. He brings us hope. Faith and a purpose. That is why Jesus is the best present of all. And I said before, 
that the pastoral message means that that normally has to be 30 minutes long. But I think that the kids took up that 30 minutes. So I won't keep you till 1230. I'll actually just keep you to 12. Merry Christmas. I hope that during this season, you will be able to experience the best present of all. The hope, faith, and love that Jesus has given to us by coming down here as a child to give his life to us. That is the best present of all and something that we could never ask for in return. God's grace is sufficient for us. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be here to learn more about you and your purpose for our lives. I thank you for everything that you've done, and I give all the glory and honor to you. I pray that you bless us during this Christmas season and that we may reflect on the great things that you've done and the purpose and plan that God had for your life even before you stepped foot on this earth. I thank you for everything you've done. And this I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.